Oh, wow. That turned on live real quick. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the uh, Run Your Mouth podcast. We are, uh, we're not quite in the new studio yet. It's coming. It's coming along. It uh, Actually, the physical build out was, <clears throat> came along way better than I expected. Uh, I think uh, once I post some pictures, you guys are going to be thoroughly impressed. I was actually surprised by how much soundproofing equipment I actually packed into this apartment. And I noticed that because uh, when I have tech issues here, I like to yell at my walls. And then I remember that I don't have soundproofing equipment in, anymore in here. And uh, I, it seems like there's a real psychopath. And there's kids in that hallway. You know, you got to. Anyways, listen, we, we don't have to meander. Studio is very impressive. You guys are going to be impressed. Uh, there's still a lot of work to get done. Got to get the Internet hooked up. The cameras put in. And um, there's uh, quite a bit of technical things that have to be done. But the lighting's done. It is thoroughly soundproofed, and uh, I think the big goal for next year is I, I was very – listen, I, I think we did a great year of Run Your Mouth last year. I think uh, I was – I feel good about the content that we're putting out, and uh, now it's time to try and highlight it a little bit better, cut better clips, get the green screen going, make everything look professional. By the way, if you guys have names for uh, what we should call the new studio center, the uh, Rob Bernstein – burn center the uh that that the, the association for human advancement i don't know we need a real haughty name then you know you put a big background back there make it seem like you're in a really impressive place and not half of some industrial building thing uh anyways listen i was hoping that we wouldn't do an episode until the thing was built out ready to go but then they dropped these epstein files and uh we had, we had to get after it i mean the, 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 there's too much things out there to be talking about. I also did an app uh, and <laughs> sorry, I, maybe I should say this later in the episode because I don't want these two things to get confused. I did a uh, econ episode with Gene Epstein. Uh, the nice thing about going live is that you can't edit. So it's just warts and all as is ready to go. Uh, Gene Epstein came prepared. He had a full PowerPoint presentation, multiple slides. The camera didn't quite pick them all up. So now I got two hours of uh, the, 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 the thing to re-listen to, import the slides, and actually edit and produce. So that will be coming out shortly. Uh, but listen, enough of this meandering. That's what happens when you sit down in chairs too comfortable. When I can't pace around, my brain don't work right. And you meander here, you meander there. But soon enough, studio will be built probably by the end of this week. Oh, I also had a hilarious false start with uh, David Collum, which everyone go ahead and read his end of year recap uh, because he was hitting on things that, you know, sometimes I, I guess what I'm describing is just, um, uh, you know, bias or, you know, whatever they call it. Like I said, if I don't if I can't pace around, my brain doesn't work right. That's why I was a bad student. They made you sit in sit in seats. And I was sitting there like, hey, can I just pace around to the back? If you let me pace around to the back, I might actually be able to listen and pay attention. Uh, anyways, we were doing an episode on Friday, and it turns out uh, I didn't pay the uh, internet bill. And so it was actually on me. You see, that's what's nice about me, though. I'm willing to admit fault. Usually it's Optima's fault. Uh, in this case, it was actually my fault. And so I got this professor on. I was very excited to talk to him about his end of year recap. That's rescheduled for Friday. So listen, there's a lot of really impressive things going on in the run your mouth enterprise of America, there's a new studio opening the advancement for human development. Uh, there's uh, the, you know, I got the, the Gene Epstein episode coming out. 
I got this episode coming out with David Colm at the end of the week. We got good things going on. But in the meantime, why don't we get into Epstein's Island? Because they uh, did release some new information. And if you're out in California, January 20th, me and Dave Smith are going to be doing the Brie Improv in Connecticut, people. Weekend after that, we're going to be in the Stress Factory at Bridgeport Show Up. I want to work more of the local clubs. That will be cool to do a big, uh, a big showing to the CT folks, show them how important I really am. They don't realize it. You know, I'm hanging out in town. They just think, hey, this guy's been here forever. They got no idea part of the problem, how massive of an institution this is and how we pack out clubs on the road. So local people come hang out, come party. Uh, and then uh, I might add some more dates along with the Dave Smith dates because, uh, you know, do more comedy. 2024 going to be a good year. All right. It's four minutes and 35 seconds into the show. And I haven't said one word because I don't like sitting down. But it, what are we going to complain the whole time? Let's get into the Epstein stuff. I said I had a whole episode of material I wanted to do. Let's get into it. And why not start with this? If there's one thing that we can learn from the Epstein's Island is that there was a severe lack of pastries at these parties. What kind of a Jewish man is throwing on a good orgy? You're telling me that they're having wild orgies down at this, and this is the, this is the pastries that they're leaving out for people to refuel? I would think a man with such elegance and resources could be putting out some better danishes. I do like the way that uh, Dershowitz is uh, standing here. Um, this just says, uh, ah, yes, he, and you brought one of the children, right? A fine specimen. Yes, yes, yes. Show me the kid. Show me the kid. And uh, who do you guys think is worse to have sex with, uh, Dershowitz or Stephen Hawking? Like, if you're one of these people and uh, you've been recruited, who do you think is worse? Because I feel like if you were forced to have sex with Stephen Hawking, you'd wake up a little bit smarter. Now, I can't say that based off of anything. I have no idea. But, and like, this isn't gay, but you're telling me, if they didn't make like some sort of an energy drink that included Stephen Hawking's uh, cum in it, you wouldn't try it. If there was a, if there was Stephen Hawking's moon juice that included a little bit, like just a little particle, you're telling me I couldn't sell you on the idea that that would make you a little bit smarter, that you would suddenly just wake up understanding the things of the universe. That's got to be a tough person to give a hand job to. How do you tell if he's enjoying it? You got to ask like, hey, I can't tell it. And then Ghislaine's like, well, is the thing beeping a bunch? If it's beeping a bunch. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm sorry, neighbors. Listen, there's a new studio coming, so don't worry. You're not going to have to hear a lot of this. Um, all right. So one of the things that I was uh, thinking about quite a bit in this uh, whole Epstein saga, and I see there's a uh, live shots very active, but uh, let's get to the end of the topic. We'll plug your kratoms and I'll come back and we'll uh, we'll read through some of the uh, comments here. Um, my big thought was. No, it's out of order. All right. Let's read this first, then. Uh, here we go. This is Epstein also trafficked Jane Doe number three for sexual purposes uh, to many other powerful men, including uh, numerous prominent American politicians, powerful business executives, foreign presidents, a well-known prime minister and other world leaders. Epstein required Jane Doe number three to describe the events that she had uh, with these men uh, so he could potentially blackmail them. So this was uh, one of the things that was highlighted on the Internet. A lot of people out there are wondering, what was this guy doing peddling all these people? Now you got like your two camps within this conspiracy, which is, is there some massive uh, interest in pedophilia amongst the elites? Are they uh, buying, selling kids? Are they huffing adrenochrome? Are they replacing parts? Are they eating placentas? Are they uh, worshiping Moloch out in the woods and defecating on each other? And then lighting the poop on on fire and and sniffing their own farts, you know the, the the conspiracies run wild. The conspiracies run deep, or 
uh, did Epstein bring these people out to parties? You know, he gets them hammered. Next thing you know, you wake up in the morning with some 16 year old girl and then uh, 17, 18, whatever is considered underage. And they get the testimony about what happened. And now forever moving forward, you've got to support the land of Israel. They're, they're bombing buildings, killing kids, occupying territories. Hey, listen up. We know we got that tape on you, which, by the way, still the most scandalous part of this entire thing is that the FBI uh, from what I understand, went into that place, took a whole safe of videos, and then went, we lost the videos. Uh, but the only thing that really referenced the uh, the blackmail was uh, was this testimony, which if uh, you believe that uh, that this guy was running out there trying to get these people in compromising situations that he could later blackmail them, this would be the best evidence of it. Now, the big thought that I have about this uh, entire thing is there was this article uh, in the New York Post about this lady who used to schedule the massages and now she lives in some uh, some I think it was in Florida. And I was just thinking about the fact that you could just like be taking a yoga class next to this lady. She just looks like a normal person. You could be not that I go to a yoga class, but if you're one of these people, you're going to hot yoga and there's some lady next to you who's grunting extra super hard. It might be because she has a guilty conscience because of what she was doing down at the Epstein Island. And then you got to think about how much of an enterprise this entire thing was and how come these people haven't been paraded in front of Congress. If we're all so unbelievably fascinated I mean, I think you can ask anyone in the country, do you think Epstein killed himself? And everyone's like, no. Hey, do you think that there's a bunch of pedophiles down in Washington? Eh, I'm not sure about that. But everyone's curious about this racket. What the hell was going on? And isn't it amazing how many pieces of evidence haven't been turned over? I mean, firstly, the fact that whoever like went into Epstein's house and collected the safe and then whoever at the FBI is responsible for storing that safe, how are those people not being like, Where's the New York Times article on those people? Where is that safe? How does the FBI just claiming that they lost the materials? And then all of the people who witnessed this thing, you know, the butler, the, 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 the staff, the guy who's flying the plane, the stewardesses on the plane, whoever was keeping up that island, who's probably living in a third world country right now, they might be an easy bribe. That might be easy investigative journalism, finding some of the staff that was just staffed down at the Epstein Island. I mean, are all these people in hiding that you can't find them and just ask them like, hey, what the hell was going on here? It just seems to me for something that's almost been like case closed for four years, the entire country is fascinated by this. I feel like Fox News could run a story on this every night. We found the chef. We found the this. Or where's the paparazzi? Just harass them. Take pictures. Follow them in the streets. How do we not know who every single one of these other individuals are? who were a part of the racket or at least observed some of the racket. And maybe it comes down to, Hey, Epstein threw parties. These people were around, they gave massages. There was no sex going on. And uh, the whole thing was a scandalous racket of the way it was reported in the media. I don't think any of us believe that to be true, but isn't it just amazing how many lingering little pieces of evidence are out there? People that we haven't heard from investigative journalism that hasn't transpired. And then on that note, there was this story uh, in the New York Post about Donald Trump. And this is the Trumpiest thing of all time, that apparently he would just go over there for dinner. And this is how much of a little kid Donald Trump is, is he wouldn't eat at the table. You'd have all like these smart people sitting at the table waiting for the orgy to start, all sitting around bored with each other, forced to make conversation, wondering, all right, when, when, when what, what do I got? I got nothing. To, what do I got to say to Michael Jack? What is Stephen Hawking? doing in a conversation with Michael Jackson. I don't know that all these people are at a party. There's a pretty eclectic individuals of people sitting around. What else were they into? 
What are these guys playing? Are they Scrabble enthusiasts? Are the world elites getting together at Jeffrey Epstein's house to play Dungeons and Dragons? What is it about the Jeffrey Epstein house that the wealthiest people in the world specifically want to hang out there? You're telling me they can't get nice wine at home? I already don't want to leave my house and there's nothing here. There's this pile of books that I don't read. There's this one light that's facing me right now, this crappy computer. I don't even have foam that I can yell at. There's nothing here and I don't like leaving my house. You're telling me that the that the that uh, the most powerful and wealthiest individuals are going over to someone's else's house just to hang out and have some wine. You're telling me these people aren't introverts like I am that they wouldn't rather just drink the wine at home. I don't buy it for one second. You got everything you need right at home, and you're actually going to go leave your house just to go hang out. I'm not buying it. But this I love about Trump is that uh, he's such a little kid that like there's the nice meal going on in the other room and he's just hanging out in his room and he's eating. And this was coming from the butler, who I guess is uh, vouching for Donald Trump that he didn't take part in the action. He just he just showed up for the food and hung out in the kitchen. Uh, But once again, why aren't we interviewing every single one of these characters? All right. Next one. We got two more slides on the topic. And then I see all you people in the comments. I promise I'll take some comments. I hope I haven't looked at the comments and it's going to be a parade of we can't hear you, <laughs> which has happened before. Uh, here's some free legal advice. You know, Epstein, he had the greatest legal counsel of all time. Or, uh, yeah, I guess he did. I mean, he got off. Uh, Alan Dershowitz got him off first time, got that plea bargain down in Florida until people were like, hey, what happened that this guy's just off the hook? And by the way, talk about people worth interviewing. The prosecutors that gave him the plea deal. Whoever that random person that it was reported on said, uh, oh, this is an intelligence asset. How come every single one of these people hasn't been, you know, documented in the newspaper or in front of in front of Congress? How come there isn't a total overhaul of the Justice Department or the D.A. or whoever's office did this to be like, yo, I don't understand. Why was this deal put together? All right. But anyways, here's some free legal advice. The late financier Jeffrey Epstein invoked his constitutional right against incriminating himself about 600 times in testimony for a lawsuit brought by Virginia Jeffrey, uh, who accused who accused him of sexual abuse, which is once again a friendly reminder to keep your fucking mouth shut. There you go. Best legal advice money can buy. Keep your fucking mouth shut. And then here's the other takeaway. Uh, and I'm not the first one to say this, but we all need to find our Ghislaine Maxwell in our lives. I mean, it, it doesn't the relationship just seem so obscure that this lady is so devoted to Epstein? It's like almost like, I guess, her father recruited Epstein to be like, all right, next generation Mossad, where you guys are going to go out there. Here's the game plan. And uh, here's my daughter. And she's going to help you with it. But for some reason, the daughter seems to be subservient to Epstein. And she seems to really like it. She's yelling at the people. Hey, don't make me go in there and make sure that the guy has an orgasm. Don't get that guy upset. She's overseeing everything. Here she is massaging the fella's feet. Have you ever seen a lady so stand by her man as this lady? There's something so oddly human about the despicable behavior that for some reason, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, replacing dad, it's the it's the the old girl, you know, the just storyline. Look at me. I'm sitting in my chair. So playing armchair therapist, recreating, I guess, whatever she had with her pops and her pops was a powerful man out there running the spy racket. And so family business, we got to keep this thing alive. And so she's going to see it. But it, isn't there something so weird about like oddly human behavior 
of for some reason, I guess being like a low self-esteem lady and totally adoring some dude and catering to his every need while at the same time doing the most despicable things or supposedly, I don't, I, we, we, we haven't gotten all the reports of what was going on down there yet. All right. That is it on this topic. So let's, uh, let's delve into the chat. Let's see what's going on over here, man. Wild. All right. We got Moby D, uh, 2024 trying to convince my buddy archive storm cloud streamer to switch to podcasting. Any tips? Uh, not really sure. Uh, based call it Robbie, the fire's goon cave, but BK Chris has uh notes of a goon. So, you know, and I'm not, uh, I'm not Italian. So I don't want to dip into the, the goon thing. That's a BK Chris operation. Moby D Robbie, the fire live from the volcano. Not bad based. Where does the great Norm Macdonald rank on your list of best, best comedians? Um, he's definitely in my personal top five. Uh, even though I got a, uh, I wouldn't say it's a controversial top five, but it does include some of the, uh, some of the greats because some of the greats did not have as much of an impact on me, but they are greats. Um, my personal all-time favorites, Doug Stanhope, but I have to put him into the number one slot. Number two slot would have to go to Louis CK. Uh, number three might very well be Norm Macdonald. And then I'd have to go with uh, um, or the in competition with him would be Greg Giraldo. And then we don't have to continue down the list. But, yeah, I would say Norm probably makes my top five. Um, uh, Depends on if you got to make Hawk and come or not there. Yeah. okay, fair enough. All right. We'll take one more. Um, Oh, we got this guy who wants to know where you can get some Delta eight at reasonable prices. And you know what? Yo, Delta dot com. It's the sister site for Yokratum.com, home of the $60 kilo. Let me tell you, the Yokratum people, they're not just great at getting you Kratom at the greatest possible prices known to man. Uh, you can also go to their sister website, Yodelta.com. I swear by their watermelon gummies. I'm still on my original bag. I'm a bit of a lightweight, but I always like to pack one gummy for the road. Their vape pens are also terrific. If you're in the market for the Delta products, Yodelta.com. Use promo code RYM to get 20% off. You support the show. And uh, if you like getting high, they got great stuff. All right, let's take one more. Um, the whole client list thing is kind of like voting. If the if them releasing it, it would have changed anything. They wouldn't have let you see it. You know what? I agree with that. You know what? I agree with that so much. I'm going to read your next comment. Obama's chef was probably on the Epstein staff. That's why he got drowned. <laughs> Not bad. Okay. Uh, next one. Next topic is we've got the uh, Harvard uh, president is uh, stepping down, or you could say that she's uh, copying the Penn president. This is how little of an impact academia makes on any of our lives in any capacity. And we were tortured with school. We were tortured with writing papers. We were tortured with all this shit that they pretended like it was important. You know what usually happens if you're successful off of stealing people's ideas? People call you out for it because they actually noticed that you did something like if you had a book and I took your book and then I wrote a very popular book and it was just your book. People would go, oh, Rob just stole that guy's book. Or if you had a product and I stole your product, people would go, hey, you stole that guy's product. If I stole your joke, you'd go, hey, I stole your joke. Anything that actually had an impact on humanity, if you stole it, someone would call you out for it. How incredible is it that you could make $900,000 a year in part because of your brilliance in academia and no one calls you out on the plagiarism because no one cares because it's meaningless and irrelevant. Doesn't that showcase how little they do for the market 
that your paper had no influence or impact on anybody whatsoever. It was just something that was sitting on a shelf so that you could get the job and pay tribute to the system that you then preach to the next group of people as pretending like their papers have some sort of importance on the universe. Have you ever seen anything that better just showcases the racket of the meaningless of academia and school that a person could become the president of Harvard and have written papers and no one complained about the plagiarism because they didn't care. The work was meaningless. Who even noticed that it existed until, and it's great how that the internet's undefeated. It's great the power of Twitter that if they get their claws into anybody, they're going to find something. They're going to dig in. And there you are. You somehow rose to the ranks of president. You did it all. You 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 played all the cards in the game. You politicked. You stuck around. You somehow got into Harvard. You somehow. Oh, I assume she went to Harvard. I assume she graduated from Harvard because I would just assume if you're the president. Uh, but isn't it great that the internet's just undefeated? That if you somehow get the attention of Twitter, and I guess it's in a category of information that. The, it won't be completely censored. That's why we needed Twitter for topics like uh, COVID, because look at how good the Internet actually is. It's sleuthing if you make the information available. The autists out there who will muck crack any situation, you don't realize how many people are just sitting at home, sitting in their basements. They're not being invited to Epstein's Island. They got all the time on the world on their weekend just to ruin someone else's life, read their papers and showcase the way that things were plagiarized. Uh, but I just appreciate the showcasing of the meaningless of what she had previously done that I guess there were no prior complaints to the fact that the information had been plagiarized. All right. We got more topics. Israel Hamas war blasts in Beirut kill senior Hamas leader. Hamas confirmed that Shala al-Aruri, I have no idea if that's the name, uh, the group's top deputy had been killed in the explosion, along with two leaders of the group's armed wing. Two U.S. officials said Israel was responsible for the strike. Uh, you know, hey, careful near that fridge. In third world countries, fridges, they explode all the time. I like this. I like when warfare's fought with world leaders. I have said it before, you know. Do the secret agent mission shit. Go take out the actual leaders of these things. That's interesting. We all get behind it. If you actually take down the terrorists, you take down the people who are out there terrorizing, go you. It's when you start targeting the civilians, we all turn on you. But you want to go do the action movie stuff, raid some compounds, get the Osama bin Ladens without killing kids in, in toppling countries. We're all for secret mission shit. This article caught my eye. Um, Hamasio keeps group funded from base in Turkey. And so uh, I underlined, it's very hard for me to see these articles uh, without my full setup. I, I, I can't read it without leaning into the camera so you guys can see up my nostrils and uh, see how big of a Juno's I have and how many bookers I tend to keep in there because I, I store them. You never know when they might come in handy later. You don't have any tape or glue in your apartment. You want to hang a poster. Uh, so I'm not going to lean in and read it, but the, the opening line was about this guy taking a loan from his mom, uh, you know, to start off his terrorist financing. And I just loved that. That was the, that was the origin of a lucrative business. His mom, I swear this terrorism thing's really going to pay off. I, I just need, I just need a little bit of money to get started. Uh, I know Dave Smith has talked about this before the beauty of freedom and capitalism that a Jew in New York could get into a car with, uh, some Muslim guy, and uh, the exchange of money that I want to go to there, you both can get along. This is, to me, this is an even further stretch 
of that concept, which by the way, I might be butchering. Go listen to part of the problem. You can hear it from him. It's a little bit, it's a lot smoother, but uh, you know, even this guy, if you told me like, Hey, there's this one guy with great stock tips and he's so good at investing that he's actually made Hamas a fortune. Would you, would you take that guy's stock tips or l- look at it this way? If you needed to move money around, uh, for some reason you were engaged in illegal be- behavior, needed to m- move money around, and someone goes, hey, I can get you the number for this guy. He's so good at this. He keeps getting money to Hamas. Like Hamas is a terrorist organization, but this guy's so good at moving money around. Uh, I guess the point I'm making for a lot of people that go, hey, that's morally reprehensible. I will not interact with that individual. But once you know that someone's got a particular expertise and you need that expertise and you can pay them for the value that they'll create for you, don't you somehow don't doesn't that somewhat showcase the fact that we could all actually get along and that money is a pretty great tool for all of us getting along? Where all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if Hitler, let's just say Hitler retired from the whole killing Jew things, and then he figured out how to cure cancer, like all cancer. Like he totally had it down to his science. And he reformed himself and he could go down to the Hitler Center for Cancer Reform. No one was able to duplicate the technology. No one could figure it out. And you had to pay Hitler to cure your cancer. Would you do it? Or would you go, hey, that's I'm not I'm not gonna give Hitler any money. That guy killed all his Jews. I can't be paying Hitler for nothing. Or do you kind of get what I'm seeing of just how well capitalism can work in terms of random people getting in and getting along with each other? Uh, if they have the freedom to interact and how well money can balance everything that even people that you otherwise would despise, you could, uh, engage in free exchange with. All right. Next one. What else we got? Your aid dollars for Palestinian terrorists. Oh, you know, this is, uh, ah, shit. All right. We're, we're going to have to do this on a future, uh, on a future one. The reason I think that this is an important read is that, uh, we've bashed Israel quite a bit. I stand by what, uh, what I've said on the show. I think the, uh, um, the way that they've engaged in Gaza and, uh, pretty clearly killed civilians is, uh, inexcusable. Uh, this article though, sometimes you do read things where you're like, these people had it coming. Not quite, but there's some that, you know, reframe it a little bit. And so in this case, this is the um, the article and it's Wall Street Journal opinion piece. So maybe it's not entirely factual, but it's about the Palestinian Authority um, uh, making uh, financial payments. I, I wish I remembered the specifics, but it's basically rewarding the families of the terrorists that were involved in the last terrorist attack. And that include that's probably with money that we send or at least according to this article, send to the Palestinian Authority. And then this is where you're just like, both sides are wrong. Like Israel can't be killing civilians, but like you guys can't be taking aid dollars and then sending it to reward the terrorists for having engaged in terrorism. Um, All right. And then this was the last thing. Oh, yeah. In terms of talking about doing cool shit and going on the secret agent mission stuff, you want to sell me on supporting the army? quit 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 going for grand slams and home runs and overthrowing countries and spending all this money and go back start hitting some singles start pulling off some successful missions build up your drone program without killing kids and innocent civilians and go look we're spending this money and we're taking out the evil people look we went on this secret mission and you know how is it that like what's going on with these shipping lanes this is how they're going to get us into a war. You're going to keep getting letters from Amazon. Your shipment's been delayed because of Houthi rebels. And you're telling me we can't get out into the ocean 
get ourselves some cool-ass pirate ships, get some submarines out there, and fucking rock the shit out of these people? Why is it that every time you actually need government to do something, they're unavailable? You'd think protecting some oceans for your biggest freight ships, that would be something that, or or the freight ships, isn't there enough money in that industry? Are they allowed to hire their own boats and and, and shove, uh, you know, machine guns on there? Hire Jack Bauer type characters to live on the boat with them? You know, just wait, like just have a, have a Clint Eastwood on the deck and go, make my day. Or are they not allowed to? Is it some sort of an international law that they have to rely on the governments who then can't actually, you know, throw some ships into these oceans and actually do something? It's like the same thing when you call the cops and you actually have an emergency and they can't do anything. You're telling me you spend all the money on this military. They're always losing these wars. They're 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 killing and droning kids. They're trying to topple governments and leaving room for ISIS and then just leaving the countries in bigger messes. But when there's things that actually look like a problem, they're just caught red handed and can't do anything. These are the kind hit some singles, get some get some wins on the table. All right. This was a article uh, that I loved because, uh, you know, it makes me think that uh, yelling into the ether is a worthwhile endeavor. This is from The Week magazine, which uh, as a especially it used to be very neutral. It's one of those things that when Trump came around and then everything incredibly editorialized. This is from Week magazine poll. Twenty five percent of Americans believe FBI instigated January 6th attack. Twenty five percent of Americans believe the FBI probably were definitely organized and encouraged the January 6th, 2021 Capitol attack by a mob of former President Donald Trump supporters, according to Washington Post University of Maryland poll released Thursday. Among Republicans, 34 percent say the FBI was behind the insurrection, a conspiracy theory promoted by right wing media and denied by federal law enforcement agencies, compared to 30 percent of independents and 13 percent of Democrats. The poll confirms that misinformation about January 6th is widespread as the United States heads into a president election year with Trump. The point I'm trying to make is that, that firstly, I'm sure they're trying. They always try and go, hey, you're crazy. No one thinks that. Nobody believes that. And in this case, they're even reporting numbers this high that uh, um, amongst Republicans, 34 percent amongst independents, 30 percent. That's incredible. That's showcasing, I think, in my opinion, the open mindedness of the American public and the ability of independent shows like this talking some horseshit, looking in the situation and just going, hey, I call shenanigans on this. And uh, the message seems to be resonating. It seems to be getting to people because, uh, I mean, it seems to me like in part Tucker Carlson tried showing off some of that footage. I don't know. I don't watch Fox News. I don't know what happens over there. I, I can tell you, I know CNN and MSNBC aren't telling you that this was the FBI. Didn't seem like too many uh, people other than talk. Well, no, no, no. Who else was grilling the FBI about the lack of, I guess the other Republicans did. Moving on, anyways, I saw that as uh, as a uh, as a positive thing that so many people at the moment are skeptical of the system and able to look at incidents like that and go, wait, wait a second. There's a, 30% of Republicans are actually not just open to the like, what was it? What was the number? 30% among Republicans, 34% said the FBI was behind the insurrection. Do you understand? 34% of Republicans actually believe that a government organization purposely manipulated 
trying to pretend that there was an insurrection uh, so that, I don't know, maybe it's as dark as they knew that the word insurrection was in there as the amendments so they would be able to get and make it so that Donald Trump couldn't run or that they could uh, jail some of his biggest supporters and make a push for the domestic terrorism thing. Remember when they were trying to really push the domestic terrorism thing? Get people like me down in Gitmo? You're not going to feed me through my asshole. No way. All right. Flu is intensifying, especially in the Southeast and the West. Flu's having a comeback here. It's coming out of retirement. It, 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 after a few years off, it realized maybe it should get back into the winter cold game. Like, why is it that uh, COVID and everyone else is able to, you know, enjoy all the fun of getting people sick? Flu, it took it took like three years off. You know, it had been around for like 100 years, getting people sick all winter. And then it just disappeared, decided, hey, COVID, you know what? You're out there. You're fucking shit up. You're a young kid. You enjoy it. This is your time. But then it realized, nah, it's time for me to get out of retirement and show these new viruses what's up. These new viruses think they're all that shit. I've been around a hundred fucking years. And so there you go. After three years of just deciding to take three uh, winter seasons off, the flu is uh, getting back into the game. And really the reason why they're publishing articles like this, it's a warning because many of us have gotten back into seeing our loved ones. Uh, and remember the better strategy is to delay the things that might get you sick um, by staying home so that eventually you go out and you just get it anyways. Um, but remember, don't see your loved ones during the holiday season because you might get sick sooner. And so you might as well stay home, be a reclusive individual, and then maybe sometime down the line, expose yourself and get sick. But in the meantime, you know, don't be hanging out with loved ones because you might get sick sooner. Um, and you might as well delay it for, you know, just because it's always better to get sick later that I think that's the, I think that's the strategy when it comes to engaging in life is don't engage, delay engaging in life. And then at some point you'll get sick, but at least it happened at a, at a later point in time. It's like somehow you win by getting the flu last. All right, let's take a couple comments and then, uh, we got more show coming. Um, Epstein talk in the MSM usually is prejudice for something huge. Um, I had the flu the other week. Every time someone says, oh, you might have had COVID. I just say, dude, that shit doesn't exist. Doing my part in uh, sharing misinformation. All right. One more. His insight on the uselessness of academics in the university system would be interesting in, in conjunction with your good interviewing skills. Thank you, Mr. Based. All right. Uh, let's go. Next topic. Next topic. We got a couple more to cover. Trump received millions from foreign governments as president report finds. He got the liberal media now. They're trying to go, hey, you think Biden's corrupt? Well, look at President uh, Trump and look at the millions of dollars. And then it's seven point. It's not even a lot of money. I mean, by the way, I. I, I I actually think everyone in government, they're all somehow taking payments. They're all part of the racket. They've all got some sort of a scheme going. The bigger story is Saudi Arabia's Dar, uh, this is from a year ago, signs deal with Trump family for Ehrman projects, where I think they've paid billions of dollars to the Trump family, mostly just to use their name. I don't think the Trumps are completely innocent of taking foreign money. I think all these people are in the game of taking foreign money. It's just really a question of... Uh, I guess whether the alignment, like if the Saudi alignment is that we just continue to, uh, you know, hate Iran, I guess, buy their oil and sell them, sell them military goods. And I guess look the other way on the uh, on whatever the hell they're doing in Yemen, which is the uh, I guess the, the, the worse or more disgusting part of it. 
but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, what by it, it uh, there is something to, hey, why are we screaming and yelling about the Biden corruption when the Clintons seem to have been getting a ton of that uh, Saudi Arabia money when uh, she was in the State Department? And then suddenly she's out of the State Department. And uh, I guess the Saudi Arabia, which loved the Clinton charity, suddenly didn't seem to be that interested in the Clinton charity. Why would her involvement in uh, government and her post in government uh, indicate the Saudi Arabia love for the charitable work that her organization was doing? And to this, did anyone know what the what the Clinton Foundation uh, charitable work was? But then on the same note, it seems like uh seems like Trump was getting some some nice Saudi Arabia money when he got out of office also. But the couple million dollars for Chinese people, I mean, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't even seem worth reporting on. Um, Supreme Court will take up President Trump's eligibility to run for president. That's a bit of a development. They're going to rush this, you know, before the primaries and make a decision about whether or not states are allowed to take him off of the ballot. The only thing that even in the framing, I thought was somewhat channeling that the Supreme Court, I find is lazy. They like to stay out of things as much as possible. Hey, are you allowed to have child labor? Are American companies allowed to purchase child labor? We're not even going to look into whether or not this is child labor. That would be up to the uh, the Congress to decide. Abortion, that should be up to the states. It seems to me like as much as possible, the Supreme Court uh, prefers not to exert its authority and defer to other people to make decisions. Uh, so I do wonder if they turn around and go decisions in each state are for the state or if the mostly conservative Supreme Court goes, hey, insurrections were not this does not qualify as an insurrection and the uh voting public is uh should be making up their decision about whether or not this guy it want it should be president and uh for the following reasons the uh what was it the 16th the 17th amendment the 14th amendment one of those amendments should not apply um interesting though that they're taking it on and they're taking it on prior to um i guess when the uh you know what they're going to do though the, the ballots are going to go, oh, it's too late. We couldn't, we couldn't reprint the ballots. Um, consumer reports find widespread presence of plastics in food. This is from Reuters. Reuters talking about widespread presence in food. So maybe it's just the presence of plastic. You know, we're all eating things in tubs of plastic all the time. Some of that BPA, some of the this, the that, that are the creeps in there. And it's no big deal. It could be, could be, could be that it doesn't matter. You know, they try and yell about global warming and global warming is a big ass fucking hoax. Maybe the plastic is a big hoax. Who knows? Maybe the plastic will protect us from global warming. Maybe the reason why we look at pictures of people from like 20 or 30 years ago and they all look so much older is because they just didn't have as much plastic in their food. Maybe plastic actually keeps your skin a little bit more like uh, elastic or even plastic. It actually protects us. It seeks into your skin. And that's what gives us all a more youthful look. Maybe that's why we're all actually living longer is because there's a little bit of plastic. Or this was the other piece from it. Um, something I can't read. It's very small, people. I'm good at reading. I promise you. You want to come over here sometime? Sit by uh, the fake fireplace thing and, and read a book together? I'm really good at reading. But this is, this is. I mean, you can't see what I'm trying to see. But I can tell you it's tiny. Um, production regulation of estrogen and other hormones. 
potentially boosting the risk of birth defect, cancers, diabetes, infertility, neurodevelopment disorders, obesity, and other health problems. Maybe this is why everyone thinks they're the other gender is we're all just eating too much plastic. We've got all of our shit fucked up all the time. It's like we're all running around trying to figure out why we were depressed, anxious, or why otherwise. And it's just because there's a shit ton of plastic on our food that's throwing off our frequencies at all time as our body tries to pla- uh, process this shit. All right, we got one more news story to go. But before we do, if it's the first episode of the new year, we got to thank our other loyal sponsors to the show, sheathunderwear.com. Today, I went for a run in the cold. I put on those long johns. Dude, I'm telling you, those long johns are more comfortable than wearing underwear. It's more comfortable than anything. Your whole body just feels silky smooth. Even if you're a fat lardo, I'm telling you, things are just going to glide. You're going to want to go exercise when you realize that your legs just feel nice. Everything's warm. Everything's kept in place. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to go online. I'm going to order way more of those because I only have two pairs at the moment and he sent me some more and I can't find them. So I'm going to go load up on those long johns. That's my personal favorite um, sheath product. I couldn't recommend them more highly. If you're outdoors, you're doing any form of exercise in the winter. I was never a long johns person. I thought long johns were weird. I, I, I it, it seemed odd to me that anyone wore long johns. I felt like be a fucking man and have your legs be cold. I used to bark on the streets in New York city for, uh, you know, to get some stage time. And you'd get to that point where you had to go inside cause your dick was actually cold. Like you could feel it in your dick that it was cold. And some of the other people told me they were in long johns. I was like, you're wearing long johns. Have a cold dick, like a real fucking man. But I've changed my mind because this is not like that shitty coarse fabric, uh, uh, like that Charlie day wearing thing. This is not that this is not, not make you look like some old homeless person. We easily, you know, it's not that white fabricy thing like the like a modern day mummy. It's silky smooth, makes your junk look bigger and better. I'm telling you, sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. Get yourself a pair of those long johns. And uh, by the way, I think they have the sheath guarantee if you don't like it. But you got to don't I, I can't make promises there because um, I don't know that for fact. But I I I I'm putting my slap of endorsement on the long johns. All right. Last topic that I want to get into, we'll take a couple comments and then uh, I do want to focus on this one for a uh, for a minute um, is just jazz real. I had the flu the other week. Every time someone says, oh, I already read this, um, the plastic in our food, the plastic on our fingertips and the rampant pornography addiction with people who call themselves trans. OK, um, I want to read a little bit of this article. Um, so the next episode coming out is the Gene Epstein article. And uh off the bat, we had a uh, humorous uh, debate about um, Gene's ability to, uh, I guess, uh, properly record burger prices. It's a pretty Jewy moment. I think you guys will enjoy it. And off the bat, I was wrong. Gene was right. I was wrong. I shouldn't have questioned Gene. Gene's great at uh, producing data. It was comical that I questioned his ability to look at a McDonald's sign, uh, thinking of the nuance of the other charts and things that he looks at. Um, sometimes I'm not that good at thinking on the fly. It took me a little while to process what my confusion was. And I was trying to, I, 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 I luckily have stuck in away from fat fast food. I'm a fat guy by nature. I don't eat healthy. And so I just kind of kept a uh, line in the sand that I didn't grow up eating fast food. And so when I, uh, kind of stopped with the kosher thing, I just never started with that because sometimes, you know, that there's a line that if you pass it, it's just going to be too much of a problem. I remember once, though, being in a Friendly's uh, and Friendly's. I haven't been there for years. 
friendlies used to be the spot like as kids after like ball games and stuff sometimes we would go to friendlies i remember a couple times coming back from uh and this was in the coast reading day so i wasn't really you know we wouldn't like stop at a restaurant but i remember and this is this is some college stuff that you could just eat friendlies at 11 p.m and then be up for the rest of your car ride that that would be the thing that you'd pound a giant ice cream sundae to get through the rest of your ride as if that was real food. Man, do I miss those days. If you've got like 14, 15 to like 24-year-old kids, forget chasing women or getting laid. Just enjoy being a fatty while you can. While your body can just process it, while you can have bitch tits and not have it bother you, and you can eat a box of cereal and just play some video games and not feel like a loser, go jump back in the pool, get back out of the pool and find whoever's mom's house you're at to make you another snack dude enjoy that life while you can uh so i remember though once being and i guess this was at a different time period of stopping at a friendly's and like the burger price I, i'm making up the pricing all right you know now i'm trying to i'm being very careful with my words after the uh scrupulousness of uh <laughs> of having gene pull up the econ charts and tell you all the things that you're mistaken about uh but I remember that there was a huge uh, mispricing on the friendlies menu between the combo meals and the regular dishes. And uh, um, it, when I ordered something off the combo thing, I realized it was like little kid servings. And I was like, ah, they got me. And so Gene had handwritten down the pricing from a number of restaurant establishments and in my head, I guess I was just curious about the portions of the actual things off the combo things because of this one experience at Friendly's. I did not articulate that at the time. Sometimes like I can't really place why I'm confused about something in the moment. Uh, but at the end of the day, we walked over to the McDonald's afterwards. It was clear as day on the board. It seemed to be normal uh, things, whatever. Uh, anyways, go go enjoy that episode. Um, uh that episode was interesting because I really wanted, and I, I hope to track down Gene for another episode because uh, I noticed I, I'm gullible. I read a lot of Zero Hedge, and there's some big themes that I don't fully understand, but we talk about on the show extensively. Uh, it will come up again on this episode coming up with David Column on Friday. Uh, and I mostly have avoided putting money into the stock market. The reason I've avoided putting money into the stock market is that I guess if you have a uh, loose understanding of credit asset bubbles and you look at, and I don't understand all the particulars, so I'm, I'm letting you guys know, I don't understand all the particulars of what took place during quantitative easing. Uh, but from what I understand, there were a lot of stock buybacks of uh, corporations, you know, taking money and then just buying their own stock and boosting up the prices. And if you look at price to earning ratios of companies. Once again, I haven't done the charts. I haven't looked at all of this, but it's something that David Collin got into and we're going to be talking about on Friday. Um, it would seem like, uh, you know, the stock markets at all times, at all time highs. And I wonder, is that because of some incredible forecast of growth? Is that because of what we see with uh, AI uh, and people uh, expecting some glorious economy? Or is it just the new asset bubble that the Fed made uh, capital available to a particular industry? And everything's way up. And now, you know, your gambling is the is the Fed money, the spigot, the Fed put going to run forever. And if the Fed put's not going to run forever, uh, is that the last place that you want to have your money? I also question, is there some sort of a uh, commercial real estate bubble going to go pop next year? And uh, I don't know, do they pull some sort of a subprime mortgage type thing where they collateralize those loans and you're going to see a lot of uh, 
uh, liquidity leaving the system and all of a sudden all sorts of asset prices coming down. I don't know. I don't know if commercial loans are as large as the uh, subprime mortgage market was. I guess it probably isn't because of the volume of uh, people's houses versus uh, commercial real estate. Like I said, I don't know the particulars. I just read the articles and I'm very gullible. The other one I get very gullible about is that uh, you read currently uh, the amount of debt that we've added over the last couple of years, where I think uh, I, I think now we're paying a trillion dollars on the interest alone. Once again, I'm shooting from the hip here. I don't have the charts in front of me. I could be getting this dead wrong. And what, what was the other thing I read? I think it was like uh, it took us like a lot of years to get to like, you know, to be adding I think we added like six trillion last year, which is like it, it took usually took like three years or something before you're adding six trillion. But the question is, at some point, are we able to keep financing this debt? Like, is the Fed able to, I guess, like, is there going to be endless demand for our debt that we're going to be able to continue to fund all this? And then what happens is uh, as all the baby boomers get older, what happens if you look at the charts of healthcare prices? Once again, I don't know the particulars. And like I said, I, I, it's so, okay. And then the last one is I, I do wonder all the better economists that I read, they say that, you know, don't be concerned about the U S dollar. Uh, it's King shit. Everyone loves it. Everyone's stuck with it. No one else trusts each other. And this whole brick storyline is nonsense. And I sometimes wonder, cause, uh, you know, I remember there were times as a kid, my two sisters were more by, by the, by the books type people. And I was a little bit more, I don't want to sit at the table. I'm not sitting at the table. And I remember that would drive them nuts, you know, because it'd be like, wait, I thought we all have to sit at the table. And I would tell them, hey, instead of like complaining that I'm not doing it, just go do what you want to do. And so sometimes I feel like I'm almost being suckered where I'm watching these storylines and I almost feel like the United States government should be punished for its behavior because I'm watching it. I'm interested in fairness. And there's a part of me that goes, Hey, you guys are doing pretty good. You're spreading your, you're, you're inflating money. You're robbing everyone of its wealth. You got everyone using the money. Why weaponize the dollar and tell Russia that they can't use it? Clearly this won't work out. And over the last, let's say six or seven years of reading zero hedge and thinking the world was going to come to an end, the world never comes to an end. So based off of the back of all those topics, I was like, you know what? Gene seems to have more of a level head on all these things. Why don't I ask him about uh, some of these things? And we got none into zero of it. Uh, we, we had done an episode previously on part of the problem. We were talking about, uh, uh, responding to Biden selling. I don't even remember. Jeez. I, you know, it was something to do with the Biden economy. And, uh, interestingly enough, I remember I had said something in that episode where, but when I was done talking, I thought I had a Kamala Harris moment where I was like, I think what I just said was batshit retarded, but Dave didn't call me out on it. We moved on. I was like, all right, maybe it wasn't that dumb. This was a long way to go. So let me, let me just sum this up because I've been rambling a little bit. Next episode, I got an interesting episode with Gene Epstein where uh, we really uh, um, uh, argue on some charts. We get in deep on some e econ. It's going to be the next episode out. I got to take some time to uh, to actually uh, do some uh, post-production on it. And then I will have to follow up with Gene because uh, I do have some specific questions for him on other economic topics. There was a moment in that episode where I said something that G did not call me out for this one that I thought was particularly stupid. Uh, but then I read this article that I have in front of you that I think was somewhat getting into what I was trying to explain, or at least I was thinking about, which is, I, I guess I frame it in my head, the black hole of government spending. And that if you 
take a dollar and let's say you decide to save your dollar or let's say collectively we all decided to save our dollars. Well, then, you know, if we all just have our dollars in the bank, we're saving. Uh, I don't know why everyone, the economists, they always say savings like the good thing, which I guess because it gives you more capital to spend at a later point in time or to give to someone else to make some better investment than just going and buying yourself a cheeseburger or some other dumb thing. I actually, I don't fully understand why they say saving is so important. I understand spiritually the uh, benefit of uh, time preferences and, uh, you know, not just being compulsive. But anyways, it seems to me, if you got a dollar in your hand, you've got a couple choices. You can go spend it. And if you spend it, it's because you think something's going to add value into your life and you have a free decision to go spend it. And uh, what that does is it channels to producers what you want to spend money on. And so they have to actually give you something of value for to have earned your dollar. Or the other choice is you save the dollar. And if you save the dollar, well, then, you know, I guess you can save it and accumulate capital for spending later on. Or if you just hoard it and enough people were to hoard their dollars in my head, I think that that would result in deflation. If enough people held their dollars in the bank, I would think that that would uh, bring down prices as people, uh, you know, your, your, your dollar is more valuable to people because there's less dollars being spent. And so you're still, maybe this is an asinine way of looking at it. You're helping out other people that if they want to go spend money, their dollar is going to work better because you're holding on to it. The only reason I kind of put it that way, because I remember the first econ thing I ever learned was uh, in macroeconomics. It was the first class and they were talking, I think they were trying to preach a socialism and the problem was saving and that when people save their money, there isn't enough money. And now I kind of realize, wait, but if everyone just threw their money in the bank, then the people who were spending their money, their money would just be worth more. It would purchase more because you'd have deflation. So I don't understand why you need all the money in circulation. Like let, let rich people go hoard their money. If Jeff Bezos wants to take all of his money out of circulation and just put it in the bank, if every billionaire doesn't want to spend a single dollar of their money, doesn't that, wouldn't that just make all of our money more valuable? Or maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I don't understand the economy. Maybe Jeff Bezos getting out there and spending all of his money puts more restaurants into into business and uh, keeps more of the circulation. But then that would be a reason to just put more money into the system and uh, arguing. All right. Anyways, I'm talking in circles. So let, let's <laughs> let's get back to what I was trying to say, which is there's something odd to me that I guess if you make use of your capital, either by spending it or saving it, it seems to help the economy because either you're, you're spending your money, you're signaling what you want to purchase, and then producers can sell it to you, or you're saving it, and then uh, it's out of circulation. But I was like, what is it about the government spending that it seems to just be like a black hole? Like you would think at least if they're spending it, so it gets spent on something, so it, it does something. And so I was reading this article, which uh, I think uh, gave uh, a slightly uh, better explanation for what I was going for. So we're, um, Oh, I probably can't read it. All right, everyone, you, you go do your own homework. I did it. I did enough. Uh, I did enough episode for one day. Uh, it was called uh, "What the Fed Accomplished: Distorted the Economy, Enrich the Elites, and Crush the Middle Class." Um, and uh, you know what? I can read. I, let's just read a couple paragraphs. Indecisiveness to the extreme. That's what happens when you sit down in chairs. Let's consider how the Fed fatally distorted the economy by suppressing the cost of capital to less than inflation. 
Recall that the Fed crammed ZERP zero interest rate policy down the throat of the economy from 2009 to 2020, while the official uh, while the official aid of 22 percent of the purchasing power of the dollar. Inflation was never zero percent, so the cost of capital for corporations and financiers was actually negative, i.e., less than inflation, reducing the cost of capital and multiple distorting effects. A useful analogy is the critical of keystone species in maintaining healthy, diverse ecosystems. Risk and competition are the vital forces enabling a diverse ecosystem. Once the keystone predators have been eliminated, starfish, wolves, etc., species freed from risk and competition overwhelm the ecosystem and crowd out healthy diversity. These species end up destroying the ecosystem via overgrazing, destruction of forests, etc. The same dynamic enforced by the Fred has gutted the U.S. economy. Corporations and financiers with virtually unlimited access to near-zero cost capital were free to buy up hundreds of smaller competitors by uh, buy back trillions of dollars of their own buy back trillions of dollars of their own shares to enrich the already rich managers and large shareholders and leverage their assets and cash flow into empires of debt, which could be sold or taken public, reaping enormous profits, profits unavailable to wage earners and those who did not have the opportunities to acquire assets before ZERP inflated the everything bubble. It's been estimated that the majority of the S&P 500 stock market rise from 667 in 2009 to current levels around 4,700 was solely the result of corporate buybacks that reduced the number of shares. This artificially increased the revenues and earnings per share. Buybacks were once illegal for good reason. We're not going to read the full article, but um, let's read a little bit more. All these trillions in near zero cost capital flowed into manipulation, speculation, and the reduction of competition, not into boosting productivity, efficiency, or innovation. So I guess the destructiveness of government spending versus everything else, I guess it's a uh, you know pretty uh, simple. It's just uh, male investment. It sends false signals, and so it's actually corrosive versus uh, the signals that you get from people freely engaging in exchange. The result of the Fed's ZERP is an economy stripped of diversity, an economy dominated by bloated monopolies, cartels and platforms generating low-quality, addictive goods and services, which reduce productivity on multiple fronts. It also, I guess, empowers the biggest corporations as they have access to the uh, free money. Lowering the cost of capital to near zero also changed the incentives of corporates and banking leaders. The enormous profits flowed from developing higher quality goods and services or improving customer service. They flowed from manipulating markets with near zero cost capital, borrowing fortunes against corporate commercial real estate and distributing the gains to shareholders and managers. In other words, instead of having to go out, actually create value for customers, you're able to just engage in nonsense of, uh, you know, spending free money and boosting the assets because you're spending the free money and, you know, no one gains from that. Near zero cost capital rewarded speculators and CEOs who leverage financial plays, not those investing for long term in America. The Fed's distortions are fatal because they strip the economy of incentives that are positive for the nation, not just corporations and the already wealthy. Lowering the cost of capital is zero also distorted the balance between labor and capital in favor of capital as the already wealthy, i.e. those who already own collateral and cash flows, could leverage up their assets and income to borrow vast sums at near zero interest to scoop up income producing assets. All right, that is it for this week's episode. Nice to be back. You know, new studio coming shortly. Going to be able to pace around and yell like an idiot again. Have backgrounds that are constantly changing for this ADD generation so we can cut up clips, showcase it on the Instagram, showcase it on the YouTube, cut up the segments and get more eyeballs on the show. Share it with your friends. Let them people know. If they want to be informed, 
They want to know everything that's going on in the world. They want to live in the future, celebrate being right. They got to be checking out run your mouth. Uh, at least two more episodes coming out this week. We got the Gene Epstein episode next. And then David Collum live on Friday. I really recommend reading his piece uh, prior to the episode and then uh, potentially another episode of uh, just me doing this, hopefully from the new studio, if it is all set up. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, January 23 improv with Dave Smith. Then the next weekend, I, uh, I guess it's probably the last weekend of January. Um, going to be at the Bridgeport Stress Factory also with Dave Smith, potentially adding more solo California gigs that weekend. So uh, be on the lookout. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great rest of your weekend.